You're listening to Traumedy, the podcast that helps you transmute your trauma with comedy. It's therapeutic humor. I'm Nancy Norton. I'm a comedian, a registered nurse, and a keynote speaker. I go around and share the good news about humor, how it will help you move out of a state of overwhelm and into a state of manageability. Also, it's so great for creative problem solving, health, and all kinds of other benefits. This is peer-to-peer sharing. I love having guests on. I learn something every episode, and I hear from you, the listeners, who are also learning and offering to be a guest and share your wisdom. This is how we grow exponentially when we share wisdom with each other. I would love it if you share this. I really would like the reach to get out there. Every week, different guests, different story. I learn something every single time. Well, for those of you who love jokes, you know, I always feel like I'm such a disappointment to people. When I check into a hotel and say, I'm the comedian, checking in, because a lot of times my reservation is under comedian. And then they'll go, tell me a joke. And I'll go, uh... I don't do jokes. And people look so sad. And I I need to memorize some jokes. And our guest has memorized hundreds of jokes and discovered this button. <laughs> For those of you who like jokes, uh, you're going to like this episode. You're listening to Traumedy. And my guest this week is Steve Rydell. We're Hello. Just- Hi, Steve. We're going to get right into it. Awesome. Steve is wearing a t-shirt that made me laugh out loud. And i got to say, because I created the t-shirt <laughs> years ago and I forgot about it. And you're wearing it. Thank well, you. Once I saw it, I'm like, I have to get that. Just, <laughs> I don't know where I would wear it, but this is the perfect place. This is the place. This is what you've been, this is the exactly. opportunity you've been waiting for. People have sent me photos if they've seen it at a concert or something. Nice. It's weird. I know. I I was thinking I should make boxers. Uh, the T-shirt has to do with the laws in Alabama outlawing a pleasure-penetrating device. And uh, it's a Dill Don't T-shirt. <laughs> and the back says... Don't worry, those girls down there can whittle. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how many you confiscate, <laughs> we'll make more. We'll make more. Hickory. That's funny. Hickory. That is hilarious. Don't worry, we're going to sand it. Nice. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Steve. Thanks for inviting me. I love your presence at comedy shows and on Facebook. And just today I learned you are a comedian. I didn't know this. I just thought you were a comedy fan, you know, because you're at all the shows and you know all the comedians. But turns out you're a comedian. Well, closet comedian. I've got to go up on stage twice at Comedy Works. Sheer luck. Um, I didn't get roasted at the end i didn't get asked not to do it again so i felt my accomplishment i filled my bucket list and now i enjoy everybody else's comedy yeah do you feel are you 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 might do it again though i would yeah i would do it again um because i have hundreds of jokes written down on those little three by five tablets you know the little wire ring ones and you know i would like to do comedy and not do the same joke twice Wow. Which, you know, nobody's, nobody does that, but I think that would be so much fun because I have such a variety, but I'm a joke teller. I'm not a storyteller. So they're all just, 
Bam, bam, bam. One-liners. Right. And you've memorized them? Have you written some of them? or are... no, no. There's everything I've heard. That's why I say don't shoot the messenger. You know, <laughs> I didn't write this joke, but here we go. Is there a beginning for you with the comedy? Was there a place where all of a sudden humor became an important... Yes. My father was really funny. He always had dad jokes and stuff. And back, you grew up in the 70s, and you know, the poor Polish people... That they were the brunt of the jokes. Yeah, you know, like you said, you heard about the poor Polak that locked his keys in his car. Uh oh! Took him three hours to get his family out. <laughs> I love that you memorized that button. And I have, I would like to apologize to all the Polish listeners <laughs> exactly. in the audience. I dated a, a Polish woman once, and yeah, she it still hurt her. That other the Polish jokes. Right. Now, okay, so this is a good. This is a good point. So in the 70s, your dad was funny. And back then, this is such a topic now, political correctness. Right. Has the pendulum swung too far? We need to talk about that today, I guess, yeah. uh, since th- you just brought it up. I think everybody needs to be able to laugh at themselves. Yeah. You know, no matter your nationality, your race, your sexual orientation, your religion. You know, if, if you can't laugh at yourself, then you're wasting your time. That's the safest. Uh, are you Polish? No, my wife was Shamborski. Oh. So I'm Scottish and Austrian. So the Austrian is the Rydell, and my mom's side, my grandparents are both from Scotland. A bit of, of Scot. I always say I'm half Scotch, half water. Nice. I don't think that counts. Um, <laughs> so it's Scottish, I know. It's Scots. It's Scots. If it's no Scots, it's crap, laddie. Oh, that's, you, that's from Mike Myers. <laughs> I love Mike Myers. I, I, so I married an axe murderer. I love it. I love it. Grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> Bay City Rollers, yeah. But you do that accent really well. Maybe it is your heritage. Well, you know, I live six houses away from my Scottish grandparents, so. You heard it. I heard it, and I've been to Scotland six times. Um, I want to go. I, I had relatives that lived up to 100 years old and went over there for their 100th birthday parties and stuff. And, Wow. D- is there a certain Scottish Scottish sense of humor? Am I I'm butchering the accent? There is. There is. And they all have their own um, words for different things that are completely different than English. Yeah, they have those codes, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they have. That kind of, the words that sound like another word, but isn't that word. Right. You know, like somebody said something like, if you say something about the lids, that's talking about the kids. I don't get it, but yeah. I'm not. I, I'm Scots-Irish, but nice. way watered down, too much soda. So to get back to your question, where it all kind of started is I was always really small as a kid, just a skinny little kid. When I graduated high school, I was five foot six and weighed 100 pounds. Okay, that's I'm five six, so I know I'm way over 100 pounds. So you were, you little were, guy. you yeah. were a little guy. And then my first year of college, I grew six inches. So that was my growth spurt college. And now I'm five foot fourteen and holding <laughs> it down. Did that hurt to grow that much? Um, I don't remember. Do you remember I having just, like thigh pain or? No, I don't. I went to college for forestry, so when I first got there at five foot six, a hundred pounds, the guy who was head of forestry was like, "Sonny, you think you're going to be able to handle this?" And then two years later, when I was done, I was looking down at him, go, "I got this." Wow. Yes, it was fun. I mean, I was in a different pair of shoes every month because my feet were growing <laughs> to keep up with my body. So that was, my nickname was Sasquatch in, in college. So. <laughs> that, yeah, the trees had nothing on you, man. No, you, I was, <laughs> I was a bamboo. So being a, uh, a petite fella, 
in right. that you had to have a little protective layer and that's where you learned to kind of disarm yes. people with your humor exactly in the high school kind of and class clown and then i didn't fit into any of the groups you know i wasn't a hippie i wasn't a jock Greek greaser i wasn't a jock you know i played sports but it was like soccer and tennis so it wasn't <laughs> anything yeah. spectacular so yeah you found your niche right. you found your little like yeah. okay and you were just saying like you have something in you started memorizing jokes yes. early on and and you you can access all these jokes all the time mm -hmm. that's amazing i wish i had that gift it would be really helpful on a hell gig too when they really sometimes you're like man i wish i had some take home jokes right. memor i should i mean this is ridiculous i've been doing stand up for 30 <laughs> years and i have like two jokes memorized you know that's right. ridiculous uh, cuz every i mean i when i came up here the a lot of the comedians would end with a t what they call a take home joke. Right. So, I mean, cause they're tried and true. They're, they're, yeah. they're great. Mm -hmm. And you said you sometimes you like to surprise people. Yeah. You know, I just walk up to a stranger in the supermarket and just, you know, blast off a joke. And they're like, if, if they like it, then they're, they thank me, you know, that I made their day, you know, whether it's a checker <laughs> or somebody else. So it's just, I used to be shy when I was little, so I wouldn't go up to anybody. And then I, Moved to California and sold T-shirts on Venice Beach one winter and just lost all my shyness. So I'll, I'll talk to anybody. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. like you did flooding or something. Right. And you have to be comfortable with rejection. You're selling. Right. You're selling T-shirts. You got to be comfortable with people saying no thanks. Right. And you just keep asking. Exactly. Oh yeah, but if had you had dildo T-shirts, I would have sold out every hot day. Hotcakes, baby. Right. Like hotcakes. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. So back to our tromedy theme today, okay. and not to like dive in, but you know, one of the things I learned about you, because you're quite a presence in the comedy community. You're one of those guys that everybody knows, because you're there, you're at the shows quite often. And like I said, you're, it's so nice. You are always uh, present on social media, helping us promote shows and things like that, which we really appreciate. But I found out from one of my comedy friends that you had... A uh, disease, a terminal disease, possibly. Uh, it's not terminal. Well, I don't know. Is it terminal? No, I, don't th I think they say you die with it instead of from it. So it's just something that kind of weakens your immune system and makes you susceptible to other cancers. Uh, so you don't have the immune system that you would normally have because of you know, your white blood cells being affected by the leukemia. So, so you have chronic leukemia? Yeah, it's called chronic lymphoma. Phatic leukemia, all to do with the lymph nodes. And how long have you had that? I was at a wedding in Knoxville, Tennessee, 10 years ago. I was in the hot tub, and I felt these lumps in my neck. I'm like, that is weird. What's going on? So when I got back to Colorado, went to a cancer doctor, and they wanted to pull the trigger on chemo right away. I'm like, whoa, no, we're not doing that. And so... Yeah. I got another cancer doctor at Anschutz who's amazing, three medical degrees, and she's just out of this world, smart. And, um, you know, I fought with her for a couple of years until my white blood cell count went up to like 229,000. Oh, and I'm a nurse, and I should know what that figure means. The normal is somewhere under 10, is it? It's between 4 and 11 is Okay, normal. yeah, okay. I was close. You were on it, Nancy. <laughs> you could still help somebody with that. <laughs> I mean, I can always look in a book. Okay, so your white blood cell count was way, I mean, exponentially off the charts. Right, and then the lumps in my neck were like about walnut size. I had like three or four of them. And my sister took us, on a, my wife and I, on a 15-day round-trip cruise to Hawaii. 
And oh. I had these huge lumps in my necks. Every time the photographers would see me, they make sure that I wasn't facing the direction that they would be in the photograph. So put your the, the di- put your dinosaur neck over that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hide your wa- hide your nuts, man. Exactly, your we, nuts are showing. Your walnuts. Uh, oh my god, this is terrible. I was right. This is a joke I do remember. My grandmother used to tell. Let's see. Okay, do you know this one? I bet you do. I do. <laughs> How does it go? What do you call two nuts on a wall? <laughs> what? Wall, wall. Uh, walnuts. What do you call two nuts on your chest? Chestnuts. What do you call two nuts on your chin? I don't know. Dick in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the same joke your grandmother told? No. Not at all. <laughs> I would love to have heard my grandmother tell that joke, though. Uh. Fuck no. <laughs> Hers was. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be much tamer than that one. Yes. Okay. But it's hilarious that I love the way you whispered it too. Chick in your mouth. <laughs> Grandmother wouldn't have yelled that out. No, no. That'd be, that, that'd be one. And you know, I just wonder if my grandmother might have told that joke. Behind. Like she would do, she would tell some jokes that were uh, inappropriate according to my mother. Like she would <laughs> shoot her dentures out and clickety clackety them, you know, and my mother was horrified or she my grandmother would tell a fart joke like she she said i like to go to the back door and slam it you know while i fart you know like <laughs> so my gra- i mean our, our house was so ugh, oppressive nobody farted in my house and i got spanked for saying the word fart anyway um oh here's the joke okay, okay. what do you call it it starts the same <laughs> two nuts on your chest chestnut um oh yeah we did the walnut and the two on the wall walnuts and what do you what, and it's not two. That's what it is. What do you call a nut on the wall? Walnut. And what do you call Okay. Chestnut. A nut on chest. I think you see this is why I don't tell jokes. I fuck them up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what do you call a nut under your bed? What's that? A pecan. Nice. And that, <laughs> that, is, nice. that is a very... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that is a... That was, you know, because back in the day, people used to keep a pecan under their bed. In the Ozarks. In the Ozarks. Okay, just to verify yeah. that. Yeah, uh, not where you're from. I grew up in Philadelphia. Yeah, we didn't Nobody have... had a pecan? No. Oh, come on. Uh, so, yeah, she kept a pecan under her bed because you didn't want to go out to the outhouse, so you would just, in the night. I'm thinking of the nut. Okay. No, no pecan. It. It's a play on words. Got it. A, pe- a pecan. There. I'm there. Pecan. Got it. Pecan. Pecan. <laughs> i'm there the joke is uh time sensitive yes <laughs> turn, <laughs> turn of the century yes. ozark joke got it all right quality entertainment this is why i don't do jokes all right tell a funny story but i like jokes so it is weird maybe maybe you could be my joke coach maybe i could commit to learning a handful of jokes because mm. mm-hmm. people like them right turns out but you were talking about Okay, so 10 years ago, you had lumps, and you found out you have uh, leukemia, and then you, like said, I don't want to do chemo until it's, like, absolutely necessary, and then, so occasionally you have to do chemo? No, what they did was they wanted me to do six months of chemo, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, after doing five months, and I was complete zombie, because that stuff kills good cells, bad cells, everything, I said, look, I've, I've had enough, I can't put a sentence together, I can't think straight. You know, I'm done with your poison. And I knew before I got chemo that they had a drug out that was an oral chemo that you could take every day and it would do the same thing. 
But the drug company said that you can only take that drug if you go through chemo first. Oh. So if you can survive chemo, then we'll give you this drug. And so that's what I did. So after chemo, my white blood cell count was around 6,000, which is perfect for two and a half years. All right. And then it started to increase again. And it got up to like 313,000. And then they said, well, I think we need to pull the trigger on the oral chemo. So... I got prescribed that, and the drug company paid for it for the first year. It's $250 a pill. I take two pills a day for the rest of my life. So oh. $15,000 a month, $500 a day. Wow. So after that first year, my insurance company, through my wife's um, employer, um, raised our, my premium 33% and said they would pay 2000 of the 15000 Per month. Per month. So you're left with 13000 a month. So when I told that to my doctors at Anschutz, they said, no, that's not what's going to happen. Cancel your insurance. Get off the policy. They dropped the insurance like $900 a month for my wife and my son after that, after I was off of it. And then they got me on Medicare and Medicaid at 63 and a half years old. And that's who pays for it. You know, I mean, it's unaffordable. Even if you make a ton of money, 15000 a month. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Who? Yeah. yeah. I've never made that much money. No. In my uh, life. <laughs> so. And that's why I was never a comedian because I needed to have. <laughs> you needed to have. I needed a roof and food. Yeah. yeah. There's this whole roof and food thing. Yeah. It's kind of overrated. <laughs> I've actually have in the, in, well, I've made, I've have been able to get by. Um, and well, you're awesome. That's why. I, well, there's the awesomeness, yes. but it's uh, the perseverance. The I have been at this for 30 years yeah. and I did dust off my nursing license a couple of times when I adopted my son and I couldn't travel with a toddler, right. but otherwise I don't need a lot. This is my secret yeah. is that I don't need a lot to be comfortable. I like to eat beans and rice. Right. I'm not into material things. Right. I love just being right. <laughs> it's pretty joy life i mean yeah air air yeah. <laughs> air and laughter exactly. and it is and that's a that's the thing i try to tell people is humor is free i mean obviously you pay when you go to a comedy club to drink minimum yeah. and but generally i this is what i go around when i talk about the power of humor is that it doesn't even take that much time it certainly is free for you to just to think a funny thought and literally in milliseconds you can have a little imagery that comes through your mind and i bet with you it's like you have so many shelf jokes are you constantly just thinking funny thoughts i do i i la- like kids laugh 400 times a day adults laugh like 19 yeah so my goal in life was to always laugh as much as a kid laughs so i'll just think of something funny or and my, and my wife's the same way we love to make each other laugh she's got a great sense of humor oh um and i really you know, loved meeting uh, her yeah she's awesome um and, you know, once I found out I had cancer, I made sure that I went and saw comedy, live comedy, and live music at least once a month. So we go to a lot of live music shows. You know, most of them are free. Yeah, because music. Know, live near Do you dance? I used to, but my knees are kind of worn out from skiing too much. Uh, so, my wife dances all the time. So now you kind of bop in your chair? Yeah, I do my seat dance or stand dance. But but just even being with the vibe yes. of the music and your son's a musician, so you're... My you're, father was a musician. I was part-time musician. Uh, <laughs> and just, I just, you know, music is just, it touches your soul. And to see, you know, people performing, it's just, it really, it fills me with that same energy that I get from comedy. 
And so the high know, vibration. Yeah. I mean, if you, you laugh for an hour and 45 minutes, you get done. It feels like you just got off the acupuncture table. You know, you're walking six inches off a of beal or whatever it is. <laughs> Man, you're doing my, my presentation for me. Cause I've been reading all these articles about the power of humor and I'm studying, I'm in a organization called the association of applied therapeutic humor, and I'm studying to get certified in therapeutic right. humor so you are stating some of those facts, like the, that is one of the big facts we state a lot of times. Kids laugh 400 times a day. Adults, you said 19, and that's on a good day. That's on a good day, yeah. yeah. and if, if you kind of work in isolation now, a lot of people work from home. Right. If you're not around other people, sometimes it's as low as two, three times a day or zero. Right. And that is serious. So you, you made, when did you start learning those statistics? How'd you get that information? Um, that's all personal. I can't divulge that with you right now. <laughs> no. I just read it somewhere, you know. But it's, it was, it, you got it. You're I, like, yeah. you internalized it. Right. And you're like, made it a, a philosophy. Right. A, a value. You already had the value, but this kind of substantiated it or validated and it. And they have music therapy in, in treatment of diseases and stuff too. And for little kids, I mean, music does the same thing. People who are like out of it with Alzheimer's and you play their song. Yeah. They remember as a kid or whatever, you know, whether it's big band or... Yeah, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden they come back to life. It's like that dopamine stuff. You yeah, know? it really makes a difference. Music is such a, uh, a universal drug that, yeah. you know, whether you understand the lyrics or anything, just being there and hearing that it, it, it changes you. It does. And that's why I do song parodies in my act, even though right. according to comedians, probably a lower form of comedy, <laughs> like it's too easy, but it's so fun and people love it. Yeah. And last night, like you're wearing this shirt and I'm like, I know I love doing that material and singing that song. You know, right. the, the uh, what is the, um, you're so vain. You probably think this dong is about you. <laughs> Y'all so vain. I'll bet you think this dong is about you. Dill, don't you? Dill, don't you? <laughs> but there's something about a song parody yeah. that, you know, look at Randy Rainbow. Right. I I want to say I did it first, but yeah, I used to do. I love that. I don't know why. It just, it moves energy for me too. My dad and I watched a lot of show tunes together. My father was a musician also and a funny man. He was very witty and he didn't have so many jokes as he did just a really quick wit. Right. And I wish I was smarter. I was always just more of a, I'm more of a visual, as you've noticed, a visual comedian. And I do kind of, I kind of, I do cartoons. <laughs> Hit my head on, hit your head on things. I hit my head on stuff. I mean, you might, Hey, I got the lazy eye. I was always running into walls. Literally. Right. You might as well make, I think that's what, you know, why I started like a Carol Burnett. Exactly. Physical comedy. It's, but but that's, that makes the show so much different. It's like playing the guitar and just standing there uh -huh. or playing the guitar and whipping your hair around and spinning around on the floor and whatever, you know, it's yeah. all, it's all part of making it better. Yeah, it depends. I mean, I I envy the comics and the guitar players. Ooh, the content or the jokes, like these one-liner, you know, I love Zach Reiner. Oh, he's my favorite. He's an amazing joke writer. Yeah. And the guy, every day, every day, I'm like looking at his Facebook feed going, oh my gosh, he just had, they just come to him yeah. constantly and they're they're so smart and he doesn't need to move around. No. When you have that tide of writing, yeah. you can just deliver, like Stephen right. Wright. Yep. Um, Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg. He would sit with his head down and t say stuff that would just kill. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was character driven a little bit because he was kind of his own character right. caricature of himself, but he was so painfully shy. Yeah. He could not look at an audience. Right. Um, 
yeah, those guys, those one-liner guys, I admire them. I just, I'm not that, but I, I think it takes all kinds. Right. We can, we can enjoy them all, but you relate. So you're kind of a one-liner guy. So you're saying he's your favorite. He's, he's my, he's one of my favorites right now too. He's one that I will sit and listen to his album on Spotify yeah. as well. Thousands and thousands of others. Well, you and I were at that recording. <gasps> were we? Yeah. It was at the bottom of that Irish pub. Yes. And my wife was there that night that she met you that night, but, um, oh, yeah, right. that was hilarious. Yeah. That, I love that little room too. I'm, that's so cool that he recorded there. Now he's getting ready to record another one. Right. I got to get him on here too. Derek Stroop is another one that just. And he's not, he, he's more the physical. Yeah. And storytelling. Story, he's got that Southern storyteller right. thing. And I think he's like next gen, uh, blue collar tour kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, he's already opening for Larry, the cable guy right. and. Yeah, I love it. And he's a good person, too. I right. like it when good guys are are succeeding. Because I like, yeah. I mean, in fact, I like most of the, I can't, I'm not even going to try and think of comedian I don't like. <laughs> you got some? <laughs> the one I talked about earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy. Exactly. Yeah, with both fingers. Both yeah. of them. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> but, yeah. But like my favorite Zach lately, he said that uh, a lot of people think that Jesus is white, but he's only a cracker at communion. Sorry, I don't mean to. Oh my God, I almost did a spit take. Sorry. I wish, is there a spit take thing on here? I don't think there is. <laughs> I love that we're playing. We never play with the hot buttons on this, on this beautiful roadcaster. That, uh, shout out to roadcaster, not my sponsor, but maybe they will be now. But yeah, the stuff he comes up with is oh, just God. hilarious. Oh, they're gems. They're yeah. gems. And he's just got, a, you know, the brevity, the soul of wit. He's got that brevity. Right. I was thinking of a joke my dad told, and this might be something, because sometimes I thought they're original, and he might have shelved it from Dean Martin or something. But one of his lines was uh, when he was in, I think, yeah, England, and he was asking a Bobby for directions, and the Bobby said, oh, it depends on how long your legs are. And my dad said, like, how, how long of a walk is it right. to whatever, I don't know, let's just make up Big Ben or something. Yeah. And then the guy's like, it depends on how long your legs are. And my dad said, oh, just long enough to reach the ground. <laughs> and, you know, that was how his wit was. That's awesome. I think he wrote it. That's but, awesome. you know, he's just yeah. always had that little, like, quick, don't try to get one up on old Bud Norton because right. he's, he's got you. But, okay, and I don't, yeah, I don't think he would be a comedy fan of mine. Uh, he came to a show once, but what? Um, <laughs> I think both my parents came once, and they're like, "Let's not go." Let's not try that again. Yeah, yeah, that was uncomfortable. <laughs> Although the one uh, he came to, I was telling the story about the time I accidentally caught him fishing. Like I caught him, my dad. I got a hook in his mouth, right. and I said it scarred me for life. And he said, "Yeah, it scarred me too." From the back of the room. Nice. So, whatever. Okay. He got it. I'll edit that out. Uh, so, but what, so your sense, and you won't know the difference because you've always had a sense of humor, but you, uh, Norman Cousins, you, did you read Anatomy of an Illness by any chance? Have you heard of that book? Yeah. Dude, you're a living model for that book. It was written in 1979. He was the guru of therapeutic humor and healing with humor. And he did these studies. In fact, uh, he talked about sed rates, but he did all these studies, had people watch candid camera videos and he did before and after sed rates and just found people healed better and recovered better. And right. you are living proof, uh, living with a chronic disease. Like and Patch Adams. Yeah. 
But I'm a big believer that your mind has so much control over your health mm-hmm. that if you sit around and, you know, oh, poor miserable me, I got cancer, you're not going to live a good life. Yeah. Go out and make fun of it or go out and laugh or listen to live music. I mean, just move away from it. Don't make it the center of your life. And you get out there with your mask. Yeah. And if comics want to bring it, you'll you'll fight them over it. You know, like fight fight for your rights. Exactly. Yeah. To mask up. Yeah. No kidding. But you right. don't let it stop you from uh, get you know having a good. Time. All of us, I mean, during the pandemic, had right. to be careful. I mean, nobody was out doing anything then. But you had comedy in your yard, right? Yep. I think I was gonna do it. Then I got a gig that paid. Yeah, that was a smart move on your part. And it rained. And it but. rained. No, but you know, I'm there. I'm there if I don't get a paid gig. I like. Yeah. I gotta feed my family, Steve. No, I understand. you understand my priorities. Yeah, yeah. my <laughs> chips and free beer weren't gonna cut it. <laughs> well, some if, hey hey if if I hadn't had a whatever gig, I don't remember it now, but I knew there was something. Yeah, uh, I do. I do. I'm happy to do. I'll tell people that. Yeah, I love doing comedy, man. So I'm not a snob about it. It's just now that I'm a sole provider. F- I mean, I'm not that now. I've ha- I've been for 19 yeah, years. Right. My son's 19. He's in college now. And I mean, I got to pay the bills, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm lucky I can pay him with my my old Easy Bake Oven stories. That's awesome. Because <laughs> they're working. They're, they're still funny. working. Oh, uh, yeah. I know. And I still write. I like a little, whatever's up in my psyche, you know, is what I'm, I just tell little stories about right. it. Right now, it's it's about sociopaths, <laughs> <laughs> my dating habits. And, you know, I, we're, I, I know um, y- there's other stuff that y- you might want to share about times humor has helped you through rough patches and no pressure. I mean, it's just... You've shared enough already, but I'm just saying, if you have anything or an example or a time that humor's helped you or just anything you want to talk about. Um, I lost my brother like two months after I got married. He was 39 years old and he had um, sleep apnea, but it was untreated. And then the people he was staying with weren't really reputable people. So when they found his body, they, instead of calling 911, they called somebody to borrow a car to take his limp body to the hospital. So that was kind of a traumatic thing for me. And to see my parents have to go through that. But, yeah. You know, the loss of a child. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Horrible. Yeah. 39. But, yeah. And really smart, really talented. He was a mechanic and just really bright guy, but you know, he, he just stopped breathing. Yeah. It was like, well, if you, have sleep apnea, two things that will um, prevent your body from waking itself up is exhaustion and alcohol. And he had just got a new job at a place and set up for a party and was drinking. And so he had both um, things that would prevent your body from waking itself up. So stressed. So, yeah. Exhausted. And then he had it that. and they had some drinks at a right. party. and Yeah. And so he didn't, he didn't make it, but, you know, we just kept doing funny stuff and remember funny stuff that he did and just, you know, it helps you get through that kind of stuff because you got no control over it. That's true. You get to acceptance pretty fast, huh? Yeah, you have to. My brother, my brother, well, almost, I, it's, I, I really meant to say my son. I don't know why I said my brother. <laughs> I will say as an only child, sometimes I, we do get into some sibling rivalry. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm immature. So I, <laughs> I do sometimes. What do you think it's like to be me? You know, like <laughs> I, I do sometimes treat him like a sibling because he doesn't have any. He needs to know what it's like. You got to right. share stuff. You know, yeah. we ha- I had four. I had four siblings and there were so many rules that you had to follow. Like, I, anyway, I'm going way off subject here, but. 
for you, you know, a sibling, the sibling relationship is the longest relationship we have. Right. And to lose this, I have not lost a sibling. And I, yeah, that is good. It is good. My parents went through a lot of, or like my, my dad lost his sister when my dad was nine. She was seven. Wow. His dad died also. It was a fire and sudden horrible end of their lives. And my grandmother had the best sense of humor. So I think it was something that I feel God provided to help her cope because that woman, I don't know how she got through any of that. I don't know how she survived losing her husband and her nine-year-old daughter at the same time in a fire and a horrible death. Yeah, I want to die peacefully in my sleep like my grandfather. Not yeah, like, let's not, put it out there. Not like the other five people in the car screaming their heads off. Oh, I stepped on your joke. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, <you didn't. laughs> I was like, yeah, let's put it out there. <laughs> I was doing my spiritual thing. Let's manifest dying in our peacefully in our sleep. And then you're like, <laughs> you not got like me. the other five people in the car screaming their heads off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was good. That was good. My other grandmother died in a car accident. So that, oh, okay. <laughs> that's perfect. We'll leave that alone. No, it's perfect. It actually is. Uh, I mean, you God, you gotta laugh at this stuff. Yeah, you have to. You know, life's and my, too short. Life is too short. And my dad, you know, he bought us all car- now this isn't sleep apnea, but he had sleep apnea, which he loved his CPAP. He loved it because, and this is terrible. I'm going to say it because it's misogynistic, but my dad said, you put that on and the bitching stops. <laughs> <laughs> so it was his little sanctuary because uh, I think my mom, probably a lot like me, can't let shit go. No. And so it was like, and another thing, <laughs> and another thing, bud. I didn't get this need met. And he's just like. <laughs> 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 it's like an outer space. <laughs> I swear to God, he told me that it was like a sanctuary for him. When he would put that thing on, she stopped talking to him, and he—it was his way of like having his chamber. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. Brilliant. I know. For the good of all, I'm always going to have my own bedroom. I've already decided. Everyone should have their own sanctuary. I'm big on it. Yeah. Man, I like the idea of snuggling uh, for a little while. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Your services are no longer needed. (laughs) You're dismissed till breakfast. (laughs) Let the farting begin. Oh, no kidding. That's another thing. (laughs) I was just, I'm starting to see this guy. We were taking it so slow and I'm so proud of us. But we were talking about like camping and I have this camper on the top of my Honda Element. I'm like, you know, no, you cannot share my tent. You don't want to be locked up with that. Trust me. Trust me. I eat a lot of beans and I really do. (laughs) So get out, get out while the getting's good. Exactly. That's, yeah. Save yourself. God, there's nothing like a gas pain high up, right? Oh. And you're like, you're with the wrong people. Yeah. You're like, dang, man, yeah. that's no. Yeah. We don't need it. Where's Let it, it out. Where's the dog to blame it on? <laughs> <laughs> and my grandmother always did say, better out than in. Yeah. But yeah, not my family. We were just, we we're the anti. We're the anti-farters. Anyway, I don't know why I'm saying fart a lot because I'm not allowed to <laughs> when my parents were alive. <laughs> but my dad, oh, oh, I know what I was talking about. Your 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 brother had sleep apnea. And um, yeah, I haven't been tested. Do you have it? No. I My mother swears that everyone gets tested has it. But have you ever been tested? No. I oh. taught myself how to not snore. What? Yeah. Just did this mental thing. And I would just repeat over and over in my head and... You know, stop snoring, basically. Stop. That's the mantra? Stop snoring. Yeah, don't snore, <sighs> asshole. Stop uh, snoring, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, how did you do it? What did you say to yourself? Just don't do yeah, it? Yeah, just 
Don't breathe clearly. Yeah, breathe through your nose. Don't breathe through your mouth. Mm. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. I'm glad I had my mouth shut the other day. I was going to pick up my wife's contact lenses and a bee had my window down. The bee hit my mirror and then the bee hit me right on my mustache, right between my nose and my lip. And it felt like I got stung. So I was looking all over the place for the thing. You know, I'm trying to drive. I get to the store. I get in there, and the guy goes, hey, hang on a second. And he wipes his bug off my, you know, this bee off my shoulder and stomps it in the floor. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was looking for that thing, but it hit me square in the face, and it really hurt. Wow. You know what's weird now that I'm listening, when I listen to your stories, I'm like, and I'm waiting for the punchline. Yeah, I'm like, but um bum Like, I was looking for, <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for my, what did you say? I was getting my wife's contacts? Yeah, pick up her contact lenses. Oh, pick up her contact lenses. Yeah, yeah I was trying to get this to, to make sense to me. I was like, right. wait, so I was looking at, for my wife's contact lenses. <laughs> It's a random story. It's a random story. That's why I don't tell stories. <laughs> I, don't I don't do jokes. You don't do stories. Right. Okay, new rule. Right. Uh, <laughs> but but okay, I got sidetracked three times because I easily do sleep apnea. Yeah, and you've you've not been tested. You taught yourself. That's amazing to me. I I wonder if I could do that because my sister. I did. Uh, there's a snore app or something. I don't know. It sounded so loud. I couldn't believe that was me. <laughs> it records you. Yeah. It was embarrassing. And I thought, no. Sound they, activated. Well, I thought maybe it was a, a gimmick. Like, oh, they're just trying to sell their right. anti-snore device. <laughs> and they, they, you know, somehow overlay a right. snore. But then I heard my dog shaking her collar in one of the recordings. And I'm like, oh, shit. That is, I'm snoring that loud. And, and my dad snored so loud. And he had, and he had apnea because he would do that. Did you ever know anybody that does that thing where when they have apnea and then they all of a sudden... Yeah. Like that huge that snore. I slept next to my brother. We each had our own beds, and I, I'd hear that growing up. Uh, I'd hear him stop breathing. I'm like, waiting, waiting, waiting. And I'll feel that's it, yeah. Isn't it unusual to have it so young? I don't know why. Could have been teenagers. I mean, uh, Hey, man. My dad was worried about us uh, having carbon monoxide poisoning, and he was like, yeah, some people wake up dead. <laughs> Sorry. Is that bad taste? <laughs> probably <laughs> so he gave us all carbon monoxide he was cautious nice. about stuff like that so when your brother passed you you guys just continued using humor and yeah that's where we were going with that exactly and that's another example of where humor helps when you have to deal with stuff like that in life but everybody has to deal with something always nobody gets away with an easy I ride we no forget way. we yeah. forget that everybody yeah, we do when we're driving or seeing people. That's maybe why you're sharing jokes at the grocery store because every single person in there has probably had at least one trauma right. and is dealing with something stressful. And we do forget. We think it's, oh, I'm the only one. Right. I mean, it embarrasses the hell out of my wife because she's heard the joke 20 times before I tell somebody <laughs> else. She knows all my material. I try it out on her first. <laughs> is she a good audience? Yes, she is. Yeah. yeah. And she always has a pocket full of jokes. So if we get in a joke off with people, she always has to contribute. So it's good. <laughs> I like that you guys are competitive that yeah, way. Yeah, we are. That's beautiful. How long have you been married? 28 years. And that is another vote for humor. Yeah. That you use it and you guys keep it light. Right. And you get through. Does it? Have you ever used it in an argument where it's broken the tension? Or 
Has we, she? We have certain like inside jokes where you can just say one or two things. Like if you see a woman out in public and she's, you know, her breasts are exposed, we'd say, have a nice day. <laughs> and then we both look, where, where, where? <laughs> That's your cue to find, That's cue to find, find the cleavage. Find, yeah, find, find the flasher in the room. But yeah, just certain things are just, you know. So it's opposite of like some women get jealous if men are looking at other women's. Right beautiful breasts and right. in your case your wife tries to help you find them <laughs> yeah like one of her favorite jokes is you know this elderly couple walks into a bar and the husband automatically goes right over to the bar to all these talking to these young women and so the young women say you know aren't you you know worried about your husband she says you know dogs chase cars that doesn't mean to know how to drive them <laughs> <laughs> this is the rim shot show. Exactly. This is traumedy rim. Yeah, because these are, hey, man, a little something for everybody exactly. today. Yeah. And it, it makes me feel good to be able to make a comedian laugh. Yeah. You know, sometimes I go, oh, that joke, you know, but if I can make somebody laugh, it just makes me feel good. You know, that feeling. So. Yeah, it is. It's like a, it's like part of our purpose or something. Right. I mean, that sounds like it is imprinted on you and it is on me as well to uplift and I mean I can be a snob about comedy sometimes and we're but here it's like hey we are sharing the ideas of comedy and also just the idea of connection right like I'd rather connect than scrutinize uh if that makes sense yeah. now if you were on stage at comedy works and you did that joke. Right. <laughs> I don't know how many points I would give you. Right. You know, I, I hate that when we're judging a competition. Yeah. It's such a weird feeling to judge comedy. Yeah. Well, what I learned at Comedy Works, too, is there could be 200 people in the room, but you only see the front row because the lights are so bright in your eyes. So it really isn't intimidating. Like when I told people I did this, they're like, how did you get up there and do that? I'm like. I, could, I talked to more people in the grocery store than I thought I was talking to at Comedy Works. but <laughs> So that blinding light actually helped you. Yeah. Just like, hey, man. Right. And also, I think it helps, too, that you've been on, in that audience so many times. Right. And also, it says a lot about you and your mindset. Right. And you're not there to judge. You're there right. to have a good time. Yep. And so you project that onto everybody else. We're all here to have a good time. That changes how you are on stage. You don't have the stage fright because it's like, hey, I have an offering. Right. Take it or go. leave it. Yeah, let's have right. a good time. Anything you want to share? Any 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 other gifts of humor that have that? I I know it's helping your health. You look fantastic. You have good color. Just stress how easy it is to make your life more enjoyable by listening to live music and listening to live comedy. Support your local comedians. Right, them. and wherever you are, because people we have listeners all around the world. Believe it or not, our tens of listeners on my pie chart <laughs> nice. are, are from really everywhere. Yeah. They're from everywhere. Well, welcome, everybody. Yeah, welcome. Wherever you are, support live comedy. Well, being from Scotland and being, you know, have gone there so many times, um, the Fringe Festival, something I've never attended, or the Royal Tattoo at Edinburgh Castle. But we just saw that they have a cruise line that parks right at the docks right by the Fringe Festival. And you stay on the ship, eat on the ship, and then you just walk into Edinburgh and go to the Fringe Festival. Like 200 and $25 a day or per person or something, which is cheap for a cruise. And you're right there. It's not all 20 whatever days it is. It's like, you know, eight or nine days. But it's such a cool idea. You don't have to worry about staying in a, a yeah. building somewhere and everything is right there, you know, on the ship. Oh, fantastic. Because uh, Christy, Christy Bugley just went to scope it out for her one. Did you see her one person show yet? No. Anyway, it's really good. And she's talking about people with disabilities and 
children's rights? Do you have a right to refuse these surgeries and stuff like that? It's very complicated. I don't want to, no spoilers. But the point is she went to scope out the festival to see about theaters that, especially theaters for people with different abilities to be able to get into the theater. Right. So she was navigating her way around Edinburgh. It's a huge festival. I guess it's just, I mean, it's hard to comprehend. Right. But there is some talk of doing Tromedy Live and possibly, if not this coming, it's August uh, yeah, every year. Right. If I could, I want to start doing this live and then having a panel help riff. Like people come, tell me one of your traumas and let's try and make some jokes about it like comedians do right. that help us cope. Yeah. So that's the goal uh, ultimately is have people. That'd be great. Or phone in your trauma. Let's see if we can make a joke. If you're <laughs> exactly. ready. Are you ready to laugh yeah. at it though? Right. Or around it? Right. Well, you feel safe where you are. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you feel safe. And also, I'm going to try to make sure it's not... Yeah, I actually want to make them... They get to kind of curate it. Like, okay, that more like this, more like that. Like, we're going to finesse right. it until it's like, that's it. That nice. really discharges that tension for me or that trigger or whatever. Yeah, I think it'd be really helpful. Yeah. To do stuff like that for people. Yeah, because not everybody's like you. Not everybody you know knows or how to do a joke or how to help make themselves laugh. So that's right. kind of who it's for. Just kind of turn that around. Otherwise, it'll just eat you up. You know, yeah. when you have tra- trauma like that, you just can't be poor, miserable me. You got to find some way of laughing at it. That's what I have found because I can get into my victim energy and then that gets to be toxic and it can actually make you ill. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. really can. Yeah. Yeah, because there are these, have you heard of NK cells, natural killer cells? They scan your body for viruses and anomalies, and they help you stay well. Right. But uh, when you're stressed, your immune system gets suppressed. And when you laugh, you get more uh, NK cells. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, we're healing people. Yeah. Let's heal. Send so, your check or money order. <laughs> What are you, are you going to do a prop at the end? Yes. Are we close? Yeah, we're close. Okay. It is time for closure. Okay. Well, being a wood carver, um, I decided that I would like to carve um, some of the creatures that would live in the trees that I cut. So this is my attempt at a woodpecker. <laughs> oh, man. I just got a hand-carved... <laughs> it is a spoon on one end, and I don't know what I'm going to put in that. It is a pecker. It is a dildont. It's sanded. It is smooth. With the shirt, I better. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much. I, I really, we could sell these after the shows. Yeah. Oh, that is beautiful. And the grain on it is just gorgeous. I mean, it's it's really well well crafted, and then we could also sell accessories like sandpaper and yeah, oil, oil, some yes, the the coconut oil. It's treated with grapeseed oil right now. It's an edible oil. It's, so. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's a, it's come. It's not gonna no. cause any bodily harm. No. It's okay for internal use. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me today, Nancy. Thank uh, you. You've lifted my spirits. Awesome. Yeah. Come back again. I will. All right. I love you and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Steve. I will do my best. Awesome. You too. Thanks. I'll see you at the grocery store. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank my guest, Steve Rydell. If you want to find Steve, he'll probably be at a comedy show sitting up close. 
watching the comedians and who knows, maybe even jumping on stage now and then. And, you know, I'm so sorry I'm sold out of my Dildon't t-shirts. I should have merch on. I will. This is all, this is a growing process. Someday you too will be able to get a Dildon't t-shirt. And it's, just, it's the no symbol. Uh, it's a no and a Dildon't underneath it, which is Dildo. In other words, let's end oppression. People should be able to have pleasure if they want to have pleasure in their own home. Making a pleasure-penetrating device illegal is not going to stop people from whittling. I want to thank my son, Nathaniel Norton, for putting together this music track. And thank you. Oh, hey, do you have a story that you want to tell? I have a speak pipe. And (laughs) it sounds like a cake hole. I have a cake hole. I have a speak pipe which is a platform that you can just click on. I'll put it in the show notes. It's the speak pipe for the power of humor. And you could tell me a story. If you have something you want us to trauma on the podcast, I would love to start working on trauma your pain. I would love to do that for you, show you how to take your pain and play with it. 